This is Philip Meyer, welcoming you to another episode of Talking About Platforms. We present and discuss relevant discoveries from the field of platform research. Hi, I'm Daniel Trebucchi. In every episode, we have a guest sharing with us one of his or her latest papers on platforms to make it accessible for everyone. And with that, let's jump right into the conversation. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Talking About Platforms. Today, we have two guests, uh, which are Antonella Moretto. Hi, Antonella. Hi. And Tommaso Boganza. Hi, Tommaso. Hi. And of course, my regular co-host, Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Hi, Philip. As always, let me quickly introduce who is with us today. Uh, Antonella is an associate professor at the School of Management of uh, Politecnico di Milano. Um, and there at the graduate school, she is associate dean of open programs. And her main research interests are around the topics of purchasing and supply chain management, with a main focus on sustainability and supply chain finance. Tommaso is professor of leadership and innovation at the School of Management of Politecnico di Milano. Uh, where he also is co-founder of the Laboratory for Leadership, Design and Innovation. And his research activity explores the intersection between technology innovation and leadership. Um, and for those who follow us for a while and have looked up Daniel's position, these people know that the, our three guests today uh, are all at the Politecnico di Milano and they're all in, in the same room, which is very exciting. Uh, and a novel situation. Daniel. Yeah, this is the first time we have someone sitting in the same room during uh, the, the, the recording. So it's, it's a strange episode. So our listeners at this point, we hope, already know how we, we start usually the podcast. And uh, the first question is always the same, but so far we always had very different uh, answers. And, you know, the, the podcast is titled Talking About Platforms. And the idea is having around the table, in this case, physically, people that talk about platforms somehow. But what's a platform to you? How, what, what do you see in the world of platforms? And more interestingly, how you get there. So how you start studying this, this world that recently became so white, but a couple of years ago wasn't that white. Tommaso Antonella, <laughs> see who wants to go first. In this case, it's easier right, because first, we can right. use hands. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's interesting. Uh, well, uh, what are platforms for me? Uh, actually, they are well, sort of playground at this stage uh, because uh, uh, we, do, we do many things. So I'm a professor uh, of project management and leadership innovation. And uh, what I normally say is that uh, what is really on your mind is uh, you know, what you think about when you're taking a shower in the morning. And normally, this is what I do. So when I take showers in the morning, I think about the platform word. Since, uh, since many years now. It started uh, uh, back in uh, 2012. I was living in uh, New York City and uh, I had a lot of time to, to do research. And I was actually looking for a new topic because uh, you know, the previous one I had was not very exciting anymore. And um, in that same period, I, used to, I started to run in Central Park in the morning. And I, and I started to use these um, services like um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, the zombies run. It's, uh, it's, it's an immersive story. So you go running and there's this immersive story. It's about the future with zombies and 
blah, blah, blah. And you, you actually run in the real physical world. And all of a sudden, you meet zombies. So you need to accelerate. And, uh, and you need to, to escape the zombies. So it's a way to, to, to train you. So it's, it's a way for improving your performances. And so I, I was fascinated by, by this, uh, this kind of services. There was another one that was called uh, Nike Plus uh, Running or something like that. And I started to see that actually they were able to adapt the plan, the training plan, exactly to me. To me, as a person looking at you know my characteristics, static characteristics, so how tall I am, how fat I am, uh, but also some dynamic characteristics, so uh, how many miles I ran, you know, last week and stuff like that. And so I started to understand that somehow they were collecting data, and uh, and, and I, it was like an epiphany. So I started to, to look at other cases, and I found that actually there were many other companies that were starting that. And I, and I was lucky enough to, uh, to meet this company. It was called Jobon. They, they, they developed a, a bracelet uh, that was able to uh, monitor your, uh, your sleep. And the promise was that uh, they were able to wake you up in the best, uh, best moments. So maybe you sleep like 10 minutes late, less, but uh, when you wake up, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, you're very relaxed. It's, uh, uh, Full of energy and so on. And so I went to talk uh, with the founder uh, of this system. Uh, the company providing the technology was actually MotionX. And, uh, and I, all of a sudden, I understood that uh, the world uh, was uh, you know, full of these services uh, connecting uh, different sites. And I started in that period to, you know, to see two other platforms, uh, and it all started there. And since then, now we're still here thinking about platforms, how they work, you know, all of the different uh, classifications of platforms and so on. We are still, well, this is still the, my, my, my shower thinking in the morning. Wow. So, luckily, considering what I'm almost to say, it's not my shower thinking because uh, <laughs> for me, platform is first of all the biggest Daniel's love beyond uh, his wife <laughs> the first thing that came in my mind every time that I think of platform is Daniel super happy talking to me about platform and uh, I'm a, a supply chain girl so at the beginning was really something super far away from me for me I was closer to pallet I was closer to <laughs> operations I was closer to negotiation Negotiating with the suppliers, this fancy world of platform looks like really something very, very, very far away. It was something that I experienced just my own life in booking Airbnb to go for, for vacation. But after a while, that you start talking to me almost every morning during the coffee, as soon as I arrive in the office, I figured out that it was not so different from the concept of a supply chain because uh, I was used to talk about a buyer and supplier. A platform could be that should be connected, that should talk each other, that should serve each other, that is a matter to satisfy the needs. When you have a platform, could be physical, could be digital, but at the end of the day, you could not talk about buyer and supplier. You talk about user, you talk about peer to peer, you talk about two-sided, but at the end of the day, it's not so far away. And uh, and so I started to say, okay, maybe it's something that I could at least understand also in my physical world. And uh, this is how we start uh, talking and entering into, the, into this concept. 
Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. You already touched so many different aspects of uh, platform and the platform economy. And the, the, the research piece that, that brings us here together today opens up a completely like, new path and new technology. Um, the name of the piece is Disrupting the Disruptors or Enhancing Them, uh, How Blockchain Reshapes Two-Sided Platforms. And it's written by the three of you, uh, Daniel Antonella Tommaso and your fourth co-author, Alan McCormack. Uh, it's published 2020 in the Journal of Product Innovation Management. And as always, uh, I am, in this case, the one that's not that familiar with the piece as the three of you are. <laughs> Uh, so I'm super happy to uh, invite you to introduce me and the listeners to your exciting work. Okay, so uh, I mean, I, I would start from, from the title, actually. So uh, the disruptors. We, we know that uh, uh, platform economy is uh, sure to be very famous because uh, some companies are super well-known, like uh, Airbnb, Uber, and many others, uh, actually disrupted their uh their uh, industries, uh, or even better, they entered in a, in a industry that was new for them, and they disrupted it. Uh, so we are all familiar with this idea of you know Uber not having a car, but you know still being the biggest taxi company in the in the world, and the same can be said for for Airbnb and others. Um, so uh, we actually we started from, from there. We started from studying this uh, this kind of uh, of platforms. And what we know is that uh, basically the kind of work they do is to uh, allow you know two different sites: somebody offering a ride, something, somebody watching a ride, or something, somebody uh, offering a, a flat or a space to, to stay in a, in a city, and somebody wanting to visit in the city. So they, they just mesh the two of them. So this is a basic work they do. But if you dig a little bit more into how they work, you see that. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, they're matchmakers, but they also work on uh, a couple of other things like uh, reducing the friction. So it makes it easier to make that happen. And uh, uh, a good part of this friction reduction is connected with uh, uh, financial transactions. So uh, in a certain way, we are all quite, uh, you know, um, happy to have Airbnb taking our money uh, before giving it to, to the, the, the host. Because we know that if we arrive there and something is wrong, something is not working and something like that, uh, our money are still in the safe hands of, uh, of, a, of a platform provider. And uh, so basically talking about this, uh, we also started to speak with, um, uh, with, with Antonella. And uh, actually she's the expert of the blockchain. So, and, and we started to think about the blockchain and how it works. And, and uh, we started to see that uh, we can think that the blockchain is offering a set of services uh, which are actually partially already covered by platforms. So normally, some of these, uh, uh, some of these uh, services, especially connected with the trust of the financial transactions, uh, uh, are, are offered by this new technology. So we started to, to study this technology and we observed something very interesting. What Basically, what we observed is that uh, in this blockchain environment, uh, there were some services providers that were not really platform providers because they were not doing all the work that normally a platform provider does, but still they do something like matchmaking, for example, or redu reducing part of the friction. So uh, 
basically the uh, the article uh, starts from this observation that uh, the role of a platform provider can be split into two different uh, roles. You got the blockchain provider who's taking care of some of the things that were normally uh, managed by the platform provider and the services provider. So we wanted to change the name because they are not doing the full work. They are just doing part of it. So uh, what is the final situation? The final situation is that you've got uh, a big, big, big platform that is a blockchain. That is like, uh, you know, platform as a service that is provided to everybody. It is provided to potential consumers and provincial providers. And you've got that all of the, in this ecosystem, you also got some services providers that are helping the two of them get in touch, but all the financial and the trust that is actually based on something else. So uh, just to make a comparison, it's like, a, it's like when we had uh, industry-wide platforms. Uh, the basic idea is that somebody's taking care of some very basic needs for having the system working, and this would be uh, the blockchain providers. And then you've got somebody else building on top of these providers. And of course, they do not have to develop part of it because it's already given. And it's the same for everybody. And these environments are actually very, very huge, very big, because in a normal platform situation, you've got you know, platform matching riders and people giving a lift, or people you know, having a flat and people wanting to go to the city. In, on the blockchain, you can actually have different service providers. So the, this big, big, big platform on which service providers can build, a, can build a new future. And this is basically the idea. Maybe somebody, blockchain providers, are disrupting the world of those who were disruptors until two days ago. So that is basically the idea that we developed in the, in the yeah, thank you so much uh, for for sharing. Um, what what di directly came came to my mind also when I think about the the platform operating companies that that I work with is the question: Can we evaluate industries or markets with particular characteristics that are better or not so well suited for? replacing the centralized if you if, if you want to say, tell uh, uh, name them so uh, centralized platforms with blockchain based ecosystems okay uh, okay this is a good one if i can make another kind of parallelism so when we uh, when we witnessed the the the, the, the birth of uh, app stores from from apple beginning and then you got you know android as well uh, one of the things that happened was that uh, you had a sort of democratization of the app development uh, because uh, many of the complementary assets uh, that uh, could uh, explain uh, the success of, of app providers, uh, like uh, you know, the ability of managing transactions again, or the possibility of uh, you know, advertising, uh, so investing a lot of money in doing something like this. All of this was actually moved into the app store, which means that uh, different apps, uh, they could come from you know, a large corporation or two students in university, they were playing in the same field, in the same ground. So there was a huge democratization of uh, uh, the power of innovation. So the more innovative your app was, uh, the more opportunities you had to win. 
beside the lack of uh, complementary assets because they were taken care of by, uh, by the, uh, the app store. And uh, in a certain way, we are imagining a similar future for the platform economy because uh, uh, it is very difficult now in this moment uh, for a competitor of, uh, of Uber, a newborn competitor of Uber or Airbnb, uh, to get uh, that, uh, to, to be trustworthy, so to be trusted by, by customers. So if you've got uh, your flat, you would go on Airbnb because you know how it works, because it works very well. And in a certain way, they're also taking advantage of uh, the situation they created. So they are incumbents in, in the market that they created for themselves. Uh, we imagine a future in which, uh, given that some very important aspects uh, connected with trust and, and financial transactions uh, can be based uh, on a common platform, common for, for everybody, a new competitor for these big giants might come just because they are offering a better matchmaking uh, service or some other kind of service that was not, you know, uh, was not developed yet by, by big players. So we, in a certain way, are quite worried by the dimension that companies like uh, Tencent or, or Amazon or, uh, uh, or Alibaba have because they are becoming hard companies. And in many cases, they are more powerful than states. And the one possible scenario for the future is that part of this is going to be reduced because we are democratizing the water platform. Every service provider can get in a direct competition against them. That is almost impossible now in this moment. You know, for, for, for the two of us, at least, we are sitting at a strange table. We used to look at platforms mainly in a B2C perspective and the kind of parallelism, I, I would say, was going in that direction. So obviously what, what I'm saying is partially true, but the App Store or anyhow, the traditional platform model had definitely a huger impact on the B2C rather than uh, the B2B or the supply chain. Not only, but for sure wider. And since we have at the table two people, Philip studying B2B platforms and Antonella uh, coming from the supply chain background, I was wondering, do you have any idea on uh, how blockchain and therefore an evolution of the current world of platforms that we know could have an impact on the world of supply chain managers, supply chain management, buyers, suppliers, or whatever kind of things you actually study? Yes, yeah, so... Uh... Important question in that sense, and uh, I think there are uh, actually several implications. And uh, the first one, maybe the, the, the easiest to, to imagine, uh, consider the fact that uh, platform and blockchain, as uh, uh, Thomas said, uh, are supporting uh, visibility to create a trust. Once you want to collaborate also in the B2B market, uh, and in most of the cases, collaborations and partnerships are not happening because you don't trust each other. Because it's really just maybe the, the business plan, the business case is super effective. The advantages are clear. The externalities are super. The final output is great, but you don't trust each other. And so at the end of the day, you don't do it. And uh, 
In, in this case, if you were able to use a tool that is improving the visibility, so you don't have to transmit, you could see it with your own eyes. Obviously, this is a way in order to improve the opportunities of uh, collaborations also in the B2B market and more in the, in the supply chain world. And I believe this could open up a lot of opportunities. One big one, big opportunity in my view could come in the possibility to go beyond the diet. So to expand the concept of a platform and moving from a chain to more an ecosystem. Because nowadays in the B2B world, the, the, the connections are still strongly one-to-one in the diet. When you move beyond this, in some cases, you are either not aware at all of the names of the other actors part of this. So let's imagine to do something more. But this is a major limitation for a lot of projects, for a lot of implications for the business. This is a problem. So one big contribution, one big support in my view could be the opportunity to expand not just horizontally, but also vertically, so to have a, a full cover of, of the supply chain. And secondly, and, and differently, this is because actually what I'm noticing for other reasons, it's happening a lot in the financial world, is that the B2B market is copying and mimicking the B2C more and more. In the payment world, uh, this is something that is uh, happening. The last week, Facebook announced that they start uh, uh, discounting the invoices. So currently entering in the B2B market, Facebook, that is B2C by, by definition. So Facebook is an extreme example, but uh, uh, a lot is happening that they are looking at what is happening in the B2C to try to mimic this in the B2B. This is mandatory because at the end, the people are the same. So organizations are done by people. And uh, I make an example very purchasing oriented because I'm a purchasing people. But if you're on a personal life, you're used to buying Amazon, you go there, you have a click, great service level, you have the products in a while. Then if in your own life, you're using uh, SE 400 and you have uh, a, a slow process and uh, the world is the same. So I believe that there is this movement also because people are the same and that people are making the difference. And so this is the second major trend that, that I could notice. One of the things that really got me when we were doing the interviews was the fact that all the cases that are in the, in the paper were actually putting the idea of sharing value back to the nodes of the blockchain at the center of their value proposition. So probably what you were saying, Antonella, is actually so far is happening in the world of blockchain. So this idea of going there to go against the dominant old central value center model of, of platforms. Going back to what Tommaso was, was saying, uh, so this parallelism with, with the world of uh, of mobile apps, probably we need to see if this is going to stay or if this is just the beginning of the new era, but then we go back to the old world that, that we already know. This can be probably a, a supporting tool. There was another thing that I'd like to ask both of you actually, and this might be probably our, our last question. 
uh, Antonella, you said something that that was cool. I, I'm quite used to to talk to talk about platforms with <laughs> with people, and it often happens in corporate classes or in executive classes to to see that people there are absolutely used to deal with platforms as users, as consumers. But when you try to explain them that there is something different in comparison to the linear value chain, they kind of struggle. So it's like, yeah, I see it as a user, but I cannot see the model. That's not how my professional work is, uh, uh, my professional brain is, is working. Well, you were saying something that I never thought about, uh, talking about the purchasing world which is, okay, when I'm purchasing something by myself, I, I'm used to use a platform. While, uh, why is not that happening when, when I enter in, uh, in, in the firm? And this is somehow touching our idea of, of platform thinking. So seeing platforms that goes beyond uh, the, 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 the user experience and enter in our corporate worlds. So I, I would like to use this angle to, to ask you, we don't have the crystal balls, but where do you see platforms in the future? They arrive almost everywhere in our consumer life. If you look ahead, what's in your opinion happening? What's the next big deal that we may uh, see in this world? Talking about blockchain, probably it's, it's harder to go even beyond, but what do you see? I think that... Uh... One key thing to, to use it, maybe, maybe it's to, 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 to extreme, but uh, maybe a trigger in order to use it uh, in the B2B world is to combine with another fancy technology that is the artificial intelligence. Because uh, people are scared and not prepared to use it in the B2B world. And so the artificial intelligence with the chatbot supporting you, helping you in identifying how to use it, making the connections could be a way in order to overcome some of the triggers that it's very hard to, to understand why they are happening because the person is the same, but it is there. It is really the matter of uh, we have always done like this. It cannot be different. You cannot apply this. Maybe the support of the tools and other technologies in making this easier also for the bitboarding, guiding you, helping you, could be a trigger in order to start using on a regular basis also in, uh, in that domain. This is, I don't know if something that uh, it could make any sense, but uh, considering the new trends uh, is something that, uh, that I see a lot. Secondly, as a, a, the, the future of platform, I'm not an expert at all, but uh, uh, when uh, some students of mine come to me to present them their uh, business ideas of new startups and new ventures, uh, some of them are very cool, some others are terrible, but then I cannot tell them. <laughs> and, but it's very, very, very likely that uh, these are digital platforms. It looks like uh, if it, these are digital-based, obviously, if it is uh, uh, something more analogical, if you know, but if it is digital-based, it's very, very likely that it's based on a platform. This is uh, making me think that uh, now it's, sounds as hard to imagine a new business that does not have mm -hmm. this approach embedded. 
And if it is like this, by definition, also the old business should follow because uh, it's mm-hmm. it's the concept itself. Now, I, mean, I was thinking that in a certain way, we oh, very often when we talk about platforms and platform economy, we refer to startups and new companies and stuff like that. Uh, but and this is very very much connected with what you said. Um, I mean, large corporations are, are there, and I'm not talking about digital platforms, large corporations, I'm talking about, you know, you know companies. We, we don't only have Amazon, we, still, we still have people you know, doing videos and, and, and stuff like that, and, 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 and producing goods and, and delivering services. And it seems to me that uh, uh, it's very unlikely that every single industry is gonna be dominated by uh, startups, uh, uh, in the future, so this is not going to happen. These this, this guys, these incumbents, will learn uh, to react, and uh, probably the reaction is going to is going to be enabled by platform, uh, uh, some kind of platform working as well. Uh, which means that probably the future of platform uh, platforms is not in startups, or probably not only startups, but it is in in, in incumbents and in large corporations. And, uh, and I think this is uh, fascinating. So how do you bring uh, all the established businesses into the platform uh, at the platform world? And I, I was thinking, while you were talking, I was thinking about this. And, uh, I think that there is also another uh, long-lasting uh, trend uh, that is somehow connected with, um, with platforms, and, and it's uh, one of circular economy. Uh, I told you that, uh, I, told you that uh, I started looking at platforms uh, uh, because of data, because I understood they were collecting data, and uh, and, and I just see that data, uh, you know, very similar to circular economy. So, in, in doing your business, you are creating a large amount of data, and these data may, might be not completely useful to you, but might might be incredibly useful for somebody else. So, if we accept the idea of using the waste of the production process for a circular economy approach, I think that this is going to be and this is already happening in the world of data, in the world of platforms. And uh, I do not see a future of uh, two-sided platforms. I see a future of multi-sided platforms, where probably established businesses will start adding new sites, and these new sites will be interested in, in the data, but somehow they create and collect by doing their work. So I, I think that this is also a possible future scenario for, uh, for platforms large corporations and circular economy based on data. That's, that's super exciting what's what's up on the horizon and so much potential for very, very interesting uh, research. And um, before we close, um, I'd like to know from you guys, Antonella and Tommaso, uh, if uh, listeners want to read your current work and also follow your upcoming work, what's the best way to to find you and maybe also get in contact. I would say LinkedIn is definitely a, a very good uh, place to start from, or also the, the Google Scholar, you know, uh, platform again. Uh, <laughs> so we are easily reachable through many platforms, and I think that is probably the best way to get in contact with us. All right, I think this is a, it's a good. These are a good set of closing words. Uh, we will, of course. <laughs> As always, uh, link all the different um, resources in the show notes. Um, and I can only say thank you. That was 
a lot of fun in this uh, interesting setup here uh, today. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed uh, reading the piece. And uh, I think especially like the, the blockchain topic combined with, um, with what we know about uh, platform mechanics um, already, this is something that's, um, that will bring um, very, very, very interesting uh, companies and also uh, research questions and, and research fields. Um, yeah, and with that, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking About Platforms. To support our work, you can rate the episode or leave a comment on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to hit the follow button so you don't miss out to the coming episodes. If you want to look up at the papers we have discussed or other topics we addressed, visit talkingaboutplatforms.com. There you can find the show notes and get in touch with us. Until next time, when we're again talking about platforms.